0: Hello and welcome to Enlightened Empaths, your community for the spiritually awakened, where we discuss, explore, and connect with fellow empaths, healers, intuitives, and seekers. Hello, empaths. We hope you're having a great month and a wonderful week. We're going to be sharing with you all today some questions and stories and some dream visitations that you all have sent in to us. We so appreciate hearing from you. And just as a reminder, if you want to share with us a dream visit story or a sign you received from your guide or a question for the show, you can always email us enlightenedempaths at gmail.com.
1: Denise, would you like to start us off? I would love to. Thank you. Our first one I thought I'd write and ask your advice about manifesting. I have something I want to bring into my life and have been using various techniques for the past three years. Unfortunately, I've not been successful, not even close. I've tried various methods, including goal books, visualization, meditation, writing my goal on a piece of paper, and setting it among my crystals. I've worked toward my goal by taking classes and seminars, sought help from experts, read books, watch videos, set my intention with the new moon, etc. I write gratitude lists for all the good that's in my life, which is easy because I have so much to be grateful for. However, none of this has brought me and my goal any closer together my goal isn't about another person or winning the lottery i don't even think it's an outlandish or unreasonable goal in any respect like winning a gold medal in figure skating in the olympics when you can't skate or singing an aria at the Met when you can't carry a tune it has just eluded me what am i doing wrong i love all things metaphysical and i've often manifested wonderful things over the years I don't want to give up on this because it's something I truly want to bring into my life and have waited a long time for. I'm close to despair. I feel like the universe has turned its back on me, and I don't know why. Everything, everything the person shared that they've tried, those are the standards. That's what we have talked about for years. That's what we've done in our own lives. That's what everyone recommends doing. And I love that this isn't about... Connected with another person or something grandiose. This is very much about this is something I'm ready to bring into my life. So what is the block? Because for me, that's the first thing that popped into my head was what are we blocking when we can't manifest? Recently, a friend of mine reached out on the last new moon and said, This moon is about commitment. It's not about intention. And I thought about that. And I thought, well, that's a really weird way to put it. But I'm working on something in my life right now. And I always use I am, and then I put that item in with the feeling, with the intention, with all of that stuff. But when I said I'm committed to, it changed the whole energy of what I was hoping to manifest. So now when I think about that, I I say I'm committed to. And it brings a sense of strength and resolve, but it also helps me become more cognizant of some little steps I can take in that direction.
0: Mm, that's great advice. I love that phrase. Some things pop into my mind. One is when sometimes when we want something so, 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 so badly, that's the exact opposite energy we need to be giving to our manifesting goal. And that's really, really hard. I think about Lenny from Of Mice and Men. Remember when he loved that kitten so much and he pet it too mm-hmm. much? Okay. So I feel like sometimes when we really, really, really want something, we kind of squeeze the life out of it. And so that attitude of surrender has to come into play where you just have to give it up and walk away from it and stop thinking about it and stop giving it your energy so that it can take seed and grow. Other times I think it's timing. Uh, take, for example, my path with writing. I have been writing my whole life. I've been trying to get published my whole adult life. I've gotten very close with agents and editors, but it just never came to fruition in the end. And finally, I was like, well, I guess this isn't my path. I guess I'm here just to do my freelance writing and this podcast work, and I need to leave it at that. And then as soon as I surrendered that and you know, was just, I'm going to let this go, I had this idea for, for the book, The Awake Dreamer, and it happened so quickly and effortlessly I don't know if it's because I surrendered it for those few years or if it was timing because I didn't, I didn't know what was involved in getting a book out in the world. I didn't know how much work it took to promote it, how much traveling I would have to do. And if those manifesting goals to have a published book had come true earlier in my life when my kids were smaller, there's no way I could have done it. There's really no way I could have done it. It would have been very, very, very hard. And so I think timing is often an issue as well. So I would recommend that you take Denise's advice of I am committed to, but that you also consider surrendering this and letting it go and and just trusting that this could be a timing issue. It's not easy.
1: No, if someone had told you years ago how public your life would be after your book was published, that might've planted a little bit of fear at that point in your life, whereas now you're ready to embrace it. Right,
0: exactly. So I would just say, do not give up. Just surrender it for
1: now. I just have to add one last little thing: is that what I know for sure is if this is something you're meant to do or have in your life, Spirit will keep bringing it back. I I have personal examples. I can I've talked to a lot of people, and it will be that or something better. And I know that sounds kind of hokey, but it really is true. Mm, it really is good reminder.
0: Okay, our next
1: one says, I want to share a
0: recurring dream I have about my father who passed away in May of 2019. My father was my stepfather, but really the only father I knew. We weren't very close and often just butted heads. Later in life, we found a common ground in music and became close before he passed. We planned his funeral together, and I was able to share my spiritual beliefs about the afterlife and inundated him with crystals and rituals to assist in an easier transition to the other side. Growing up, we were part of an evangelical, non-denominational, charismatic church. This may sound foreign to most, but those who know, just know. None of what I was introducing to my father was acceptable by the church standards, but they had been slowly breaking away for years, so it was now accepted by him. Now for the dream. I had a few dreams of him right after he passed, and he more or less was saying, hey, I can come visit you. He expressed not being able to get through to other family members, but knew that with time, this would change. Every time he returned in the dream to me, he looked younger and younger and happier and happier. Then the dreams changed from one-on-one conversations to him showing me his new job on the other side. The first time he picked me up in a floating trolley at an airport. Imagine a busy airport where all the people looked confused. I was the only traveler that had no luggage with me, and I was confused as to where I was. But I was waved onto this trolley and was asked by the conductor to stand near him. It was my dad, except he was maybe in his 30s. He said he would be able to show me around the place, but I would only be allowed to remember getting on and off and what him and I spoke about. He told me he is a tour guide, which is completely not what his personality type was here on earth. Now, every time I see him, he tells me the same thing. And we tour around and I remember nothing except our conversation. Has anyone else expressed having a loved one as a tour guide? Wow, I love this story. I love that that this listener was able to you know, as she says, inundate him with crystals and rituals to help his transition to the other side. But as for the question, yes, I have heard this many times. I remember doing a reading years ago where a young woman had died in an accident and she was coming through to talk to her mother. And she showed me that her job on the other side, she showed me like a 1970 station wagon that said welcome wagon on it. And she said that she works on the welcoming committee and she welcomes souls that have newly arrived to the other side and helps them acclimate uh, my sister's mother-in-law came through and, and showed me that she works with children and babies who have just arrived to the other side. So I've been told time and again that we have jobs on the other side. And I think a tour guide would be a really important job because you, you would have to help people get a sense of their new surroundings and figure out, you know, where everything is and what they can do. And it while it might not have fit his personality on earth, I do feel that our soul has its own personality that might be different from our
1: human personality. Uh, yes. And the fact that he was younger and healthier and happy and vibrant, that's indicative well, as well of being really settled in on the other side. Yes. See, that's all those great. crystals worked. <laughs> <laughs> uh, our next one. I wonder if you could provide some insight. My 20-year-old son and I are noticing more and more uninvited spirits showing up in and around our house. A few weeks ago, we both experienced a mischievous spirit messing with us in the middle of the night. We thought maybe it was stirred up because of all the rains and wind we'd been experiencing. But yesterday, the weather was calm, and we discovered we again shared an experience, this time of transient spirits whose energy we weren't quite comfortable with, there was definitely an edge to them, some threat, but not overtly dangerous, if not provoked. We saged the house again and called on angels and ancestors for protection before going to sleep. Despite that, last night I woke up after nearly the same dream as the night before, but this time it was uglier and felt physical. When I got up to use the restroom, I found the bathroom downright scary, which has never happened here in our cozy house. I called on Mother Mary and Archangel Michael repeatedly, and shortly thereafter, I felt this beautiful, clean energy all around me. I went back to sleep, and though the dream was of a transient place again, this time people were there for a spa vacation. My question is what would be causing this uptick in unwanted visitors? Is this happening more and more for people everywhere, or is it regional, USA, Northern California, or personal? Thank you for any insights. Um, I'm going to let you go into the whole dream part and the protection and all of that. I can address the fact that, yes, a lot, a lot, a lot of people are feeling uninvited energy around. Some casual, some feeling a bit um, controversial or adversarial or, or uncomfortable. People have had a lot of the looking over their shoulder feeling. There's been a lot of shadows, people seeing things out of their peripheral vision or or just sensing things in their homes, even if they are saging and clearing and putting crystals and salt and all the things that we've learned to do over the years. So I, I maybe it's because there's so much unrest in the collective as far as what people are putting in. I'm, I'm not sure why, but I can validate that there's a lot of activity right now.
0: Yeah, there really is. Maybe the veil is indeed thinning with some of these astrological changes going on. The fact that she and her 20-year-old son are experiencing this makes me wonder if the son is going through a spiritual awakening as well. Because often when we first really wake up to this fact that there's more than than we can see with our physical eyes, it tends to turn our light on even brighter, which means we can't attract all this great stuff, but we can attract some of these Uh, Not so great stuff as well. And so I think everything she's doing is right. Saging the house, calling on angels and ancestors and guides and Mother Mary and Archangel Michael. I would definitely recommend that she have her son do the same thing for himself and his own energy. And I would remind everyone something I need reminding of too. You can't sage a house once and think it's clean forever, right? You have to have that be part of your ritual so that every month, whether it's the first of the month or every full moon or anything that helps you remember, but at least every four weeks, you are energetically cleansing the house. That's going to help grounding your energy in the morning. Putting protective shields up around you is going to be very helpful as well. Or wearing a crystal for protection, like any black stone is going to be very, very protective, like black tourmaline or hematite or, or a shungite or numite, All of those are going to be very, very helpful. Doing cord cutting meditations where you cut the cords to anything that is not serving your energy is going to also be really, really good the fact that she had those upsetting dreams and then after she called on mother mary and archangel michael to cleanse the house and the energy in and around her and then she had these beautiful dreams where everyone was in a spa or a vacation to me that just shows how much all of this is intertwined the visible and the invisible world our daydreams and our night dreams and i think that was just your spiritual team's way of saying, we have cleansed the energy within and around you, and now it's time to have a happy spa dream.
1: (laughs) Yes, yes. And an interesting point too, 19, 20, 21 years old, a lot of people do have a big awakening at that time. So that was a really good, good point to bring up is, was the sun also having, bringing in more energy?
0: Yeah, yeah, it could be. Okay, our next one says, I want to share something with you. I was inspired by your episode with Spring Washam. I loved it. I did a guided meditation for meeting my ancestors. My great uncle appeared to me and took me to a place where all my other ancestors were. I always had the feeling that he would be our family communicator. I saw my grandpa and great aunt smiling at me, and there was so much love and light around. There was also a lot of people I didn't know. So I asked if someone had a special connection to me a young woman with dark hair came to me. We hugged, and I felt so much love. And I suddenly thought, here you are. I felt so relieved and also like I was missing her my whole life. And I did experience this feeling since I was a little kid, that somehow something was missing. And from a young age, I was always sad that I didn't have a best friend that stayed. I asked her how we are connected, and she then showed me a memory, I guess, because I saw us as little girls in white dresses running through a field and I felt love and joy again. Then she disappeared and I felt all alone, scared, and a heavy feeling of grief and loss. The memory ended and I was back with her. She put a hand on my heart and said that she is here with me. I felt again this rush of deep love. After the meditation, I was left a bit speechless, and I'm wondering now who she is. And if she could be a part of my soul family, and if we might have shared a life together, could this be possible? My mind is already trying to convince me that everything was imagination, but I'm not buying it. I even got her name. Thank you and so much lots of love from Germany. Wow, that is a profound experience. I'm wondering if this could be a past life connection. It could be that you two are connected and maybe she was supposed to come as a sibling or a best friend, but the timeline of her soul plan didn't work out. I know a lot of times I've done a lot of research into soul mates and soul twins and twin flames and all of that. And what I've read is that a lot of times people that are part of our soul family, our soul mates, they will choose to stay on the other side while we incarnate so that they can help us because they can do more work from over there than they can here. And so it could be that. I wonder too, and this is just a wondering, nothing intuitive, but I remember I had this friend who grew up and he always felt like someone was missing from his life and it bugged him and he couldn't figure it out. And when he got to college and started you know, meditating and and working with all sorts of spiritual stuff like that, it, it came back even stronger. And he finally went back to his his parents and said, like, what is this that I'm feeling? And they told him that he was a twin and that the twin was born, um, did not make it. And he did. And the parents had never told him that.
1: I'm wondering too, if there could be a guide connection because I know a lot of people that have a hard time connecting through meditation or, Oh, I don't mean, and then they'll have a dream. And that's the feeling. I met a dream a guide in a dream, and it was like meeting my absolute best friend in the universe. It was this soul connection that feeling exactly the way this woman described it. So I, I, I'm wondering if that could be an aspect as well.
0: Yeah, it definitely could be. And if and if so, then keep reaching out to her through meditation and signs and ask her to work with you, you know, more consistently. So you don't feel that sense of grief and loss.
1: Right. But it's a beautiful, beautiful story to share, isn't it? And to have that dream and connection. It's absolutely incredible. Our next one is I'd love to share a dream story. My mother has had dementia since 2015 and now lives in a facility full time. She still has the ability to talk, but in no way is she able to reason or make decisions. Recently, I had a dream about her. We were walking down a hallway, and she walked ahead of me, and I threw her a set of keys. She caught the keys and put them on a shelf. I woke up. The dream itself wasn't that important, and I just put it in my journal. However, the next day during my time with her, she said, you visited me last night. There there was a confirmation that I do dream travel. Of course, we couldn't talk about it, but I still understood our connection. Thank you for sharing dream stories. It's helped me not feel alone. How can I be sure I'm not sharing too many of my dreams with others since some just need to be dreams? I can't wait to read your book. Well, I hope you got the book because it is incredible. Thank you.
0: Well, I think that is such a fascinating story, and it shows and proves something I've I've said often on this show when someone has dementia or alzheimers i do believe they have one foot in this world and one foot in the other world and i think what this listener is doing is is helping helping her mother to acclimate to both sides right and so they're probably meeting in the dream state and the keys could be symbolic that she's being given the the keys to heaven when the time is right
1: I- Truly, truly in my heart believe they spend time on both sides of the veil and it would make sense that they could meet in the dream world and communicate. What I, What is it if repeated, like many people reach out to you and say, you were in my dreams? Like all of a sudden, and, and this is a personal thing, over the last three weeks, five people have reached out to me and said, you were in my dreams. And two of them were very similar dreams that the people had.
0: Well, in my opinion, that means you're a night worker. And and you're doing you're doing
1: work while you're sleeping. Okay. Well, damn straight. I'm working enough during the day. I don't I know. I know it's exhausting. But
0: you know what you can do when that does happen, when you get that uptick of, oh, Denise, I saw you in my dreams. You can always fall asleep. As you're falling asleep, you can say, hey, guides, I had a really long day today and I just need to sleep. I need my body, my mind, and my soul to rest tonight. Thank
1: you. Amen. <laughs> okay. So I have one more dream question about that then. If you're, you would still be dreaming. So you're going, I'm not dreaming of these people. I'm not. I mean, they're people I I know or people that I, are listening to the show or or whatever, but would, how, is, is it a different part of your brain that continues to dream while you're off being a dream worker or or a night worker?
0: I think it's our soul, actually. Okay. And also, you know, we have, I think on average, it's seven to 10 dreams a night. And very few of us remember seven, eight, nine, and 10 dreams every morning. So you Mm -hmm. might wake up having remembered one or two dreams, and then you get an email saying you were in someone's dream. Maybe you were in their dream, but you didn't remember it. Mm -hmm. So it could be that. Also, I think about all the, there's well-known saints and mystics who have bilocated here on earth, right? Like Padre Pio is the most recent one who, several witnesses would see him at two places at one time. I think our soul can do the same thing. I think our soul can be uh, experiencing a dream in in one aspect of our consciousness and helping others in another dimension and another aspect of our consciousness.
1: It makes sense.
0: Yeah. Now she says, how could I be sure I'm not sharing too many of my dreams with others and some need to just be dreams? (laughs) Well, here's how I tell. If I tell someone about my dream and I see their eyes glaze over I <laughs> know nope not they don't want to be hearing my dreams so you have to know like who's interested in your dreams I tend to share most of my dreams with with myself so I just record them yes it's very few people who want to sit and listen to your dreams have you noticed
1: that true or or that you feel comfortable enough to share them with because it is it's a peek into your psyche yeah, that's true.
0: Okay. Our next one says, Samantha and Denise, I am so very grateful I found your podcast books and monthly newsletter. So I woke up this morning with a knowing that I needed to share my story. My spiritual awakening happened nine years ago after my son's suicide. This tragedy is something that you never get over, but I feel with all my heart that it was my gift. It was planned before we came here on earth to become part of my soul's spiritual journey. My purpose in life has become talking about death. The wonders of my spiritual connection to my Tyler brighten my days and others. By talking about your loved ones, sharing their stories and your special soul visits, you keep them alive. My son came to me at his memorial with a beautiful yellow butterfly. I've shared his yellow butterfly visits with friends and strangers. It's amazing how many have shared their Tyler yellow butterfly visits. My message to all that have had great loss, Share your story and trust the signs they give you. A year and a half ago, my life was given another awakening. Because of blockages in my heart, I needed a triple bypass. Complications after surgery required two additional open heart surgeries. I definitely had a few near-death experiences. I spent time with my son and really did not want to come back. During my recovery, when I closed my eyes, there were five Black cloaked entities fanning me with large cloths. I kept asking them to go away. I was told by a medium that they were my spirit guide sending me healing energy. As much as I did not want this, they said my journey here was not done. My 89-year-old mother has had many health issues. We all wonder how she is still with us. Recently, I asked my guides to help her not fear death. I had a dream that one of my black cloaked guides was standing next to my smiling mother. So comforting to know that she is surrounded by my guide as well. That same dream, I was coming out of yoga. The teachers were you, Samantha, and Nicole Bigley from the Psychic Story podcast. I had been asking for an in-person psychic development class. How perfect if they could be like booking a yoga class with a lot of different teachers. There are so few that we can share these experiences with, but when you do, it's amazing how many don't think you're crazy. Wow, look at that. So first of all, I love what she shares about her son, Tyler, and how important it is to share their stories, to share their signs and messages, to talk about them. I do agree with her. I think it is crucial not only to our own personal healing, but also to help them on the other side and to help any others here still grieving. So I love that she says, share your story and trust the signs they give you. I also love the validation she had twice of her guides. You know, first with them fanning her with their with their large cloths when she was in recovery, and then again standing next to her mother, trying to help her not fear death anymore. And again, we have another example of uh, one of us appearing in someone's dream. So that's
1: pretty cool. It is, and I love that she shared the sign that Tyler sent her—the yellow butterfly. So that other people could validate for her that he's around, or there's a young woman who uh, her her dad passed, and she very very clearly kept getting feathers and feathers and feathers, and and then she, as her children got older, they would the children picked that up and they said, "Oh, look, it's a feather from Grampy," and then they would. I, I just think it's wonderful to honor the person who has passed, but also to keep them in our hearts and alive because the grief doesn't stop. It just becomes tolerable. Yeah. You just and I think for, right. Especially with the loss of a child and I kind of have a bias. I think that is a pain that is, um, I spoke with a credible woman within the last couple of years who, year, excuse me, last couple of days who had lost a child and she's done a lot of work around it and she's ready to help other people find joy again. And I think that that's what Tyler is doing, bringing through these butterflies for his mom.
0: I agree. Beautifully said.
1: Okay, uh, let's see. We have a long-time listener with a nagging issue. My mother, a devout born-again Christian, keeps sending me articles and podcast episodes on former New Agers who are now hardcore fundamentalist Christians. This started a few years ago when I mentioned to my mom that I was going to be reading tarot at some psychic fairs and farmer's markets. I knew the news was going to shock her, but I wanted her to hear it from me as opposed to social media or family gossip. At the time, she took it surprisingly well, but then this passive-aggressive behavior started with the posting and sharing of these interesting reads. (laughs) The thing is, I have been genuinely interested in these people's stories and arguments, but the more I read, the more I feel like crap, and the wedge between me and my mother feels bigger than ever. I'm not sure I can talk to my mom without getting overly emotional. I feel like I've disappointed her and that my beliefs, spiritual path, and work are inherently evil in her eyes, and that I need to be saved. It feels just awful. I'm curious to hear your take on all the ex-New Agers, and if you would ever consider doing a show on this, it honestly baffles me. I respect people's religious choices, and if it brings you solace and comfort and a sense of self or a sense of community or a sense of healing or peace or grace, that's a wonderful, wonderful thing. And this is just a blanket statement, my own personal opinion. It's not you know, I'm not speaking for anyone else but myself, but I also don't feel comfortable judging someone else's religious beliefs that may not be my own. And that's not a slam on this person's mother, but I think so many of us experience that judgment when we're also connecting to a place of light or healing or sanctuary or solace. Um, I, I, I think a lot of people... I, I can't imagine this not being what I believe because it's the way I came onto the planet. So there's a truth in this for me that if it's all made up, I guess I'll find out when I pass, but I can't, A, I can't imagine why God, which I do believe there is a very loving higher power that looks over him. And I think we can all tap into that would Why would I be wired this way if there was something wrong with it?
0: I think it's really hard when it's a parent, you know, when it's, I mean, I've had friends who are devout born again Christians and have had issue with the path I've taken and, and that's hard, but I think it's, it's a special kind of pain when it's a mother or a father who is rejecting such a core aspect of yourself. I would recommend that this listener look at where the mom is coming from, because I would I would hope it's coming from a place of love, because a lot of people believe that this, this life we're living is very, very temporary, and the life we're going to is eternal, and there's only two options, heaven and hell. And so a lot of people get very, very scared when they see people like you and I and this listener talking about tarot and crystals and all sorts of fun stuff. They think that we are damning our soul and we're going to spend eternity in hell and they're afraid for us. And I, I like to believe that that fear is coming from a place of love because, you know, I mean, if, if you truly believe as, as a devout born again does, then, then this mother's probably terrified. She's not going to be able to see her daughter in in the afterlife, but I, I would suggest that possibly you ask your mother to accept you where you are right now while you're searching and seeking, and that you just ask her to privately pray for your soul. That has worked for me with people. You know, I had my father, my former father-in-law got very devout with each year that he got older and and would say things. And and I said to him, you know, I could just use your prayers. If you're right, I'm in trouble. So you need to pray for me. And that that seemed to help. Um, the reason why we haven't done a show on it, and I don't know, Denise, if you think this way too, I, I just think it's so touchy of a subject and I truly value every belief. I really do. I think wherever you are in this journey, we need to honor and respect that. And if you're a former, I hate the word new ager. I really don't like that term. There's nothing new about any of these beliefs or teachings. And it kind of puts us into this like, box of being, um, I don't know, kind of hippy-dippy, you know? And I don't really like that. But anyway, I think wherever you are, whether you're an atheist, an agnostic, a Christian, a Muslim, a Jew, a Hindu, I I think we should all just honor and respect everyone where they are in their path. So I don't want to do a show on it that would be divisive in any way or calling anyone out.
1: Again, a very good point. The logical part of my brain is kicking in and I'm thinking, what was the catalyst? What all of a sudden did someone have a belief system and then they said, this is wrong. I don't believe this. I'm going to go to a complete, because I know that people explore different religions or belief systems throughout their lives. And I respect that. I was brought up in a structured religion. It's not one I practice now, but I still respect people that are involved in the church. That's, and it goes back to what I said a few minutes ago, but. What would cause someone to all of a sudden doubt everything that they, if they've truly believed it, what would be the catalyst to say, no, that doesn't make sense. And your answer about coming from a place of love is much better than mine. <laughs> I guess I'll get a window seat to hell. I hope you're not sitting next to me, which I have said to people in the past, and that's not the right answer, people.
0: Well, you know what I don't understand though is even people who have had that catalyst moment, you know, good, that's wonderful. That's beautiful. I I think it's wonderful when you find a faith system that resonates and makes you feel connected and part of something bigger. But why turn around and ridicule everyone else? That's what I've never understood. You know, like I grew up in a family of smokers. I smoked throughout high school and college. If I'm around a smoker today, I'm like they're like oh I'm so sorry does this bother you and I'm like no I don't care you know go ahead do do you do you I don't you know those reform smokers who were like that's disgusting do you know what you're doing to yourself I can't oh oh I can't handle the smell the scent like get over yourself I've never understood anyone who's made a big life change and then they turn around and hate anyone who does what they did for twenty I don't understand that
1: personal opinion if the, if this person was talking about hardcore fundamentalist christians that's a limited demographic why didn't she bring in why aren't all the other religions people aren't jumping ship to become to devout in other aspects of religion so there's something there and i'm not bashing christianity in any way shape or form i think we should probably move on from this topic but i appreciate that the person wrote that And, and it is i will obviously do a Google because I'm curious to see how much of a phenomenon this is.
0: Yeah, it would be interesting. Okay. Our next one says the summer between seventh and eighth grade, my family got a Bernice mountain dog puppy. While I love every dog I've ever owned, this Bernice named Aja and I grew to have a very special bond. Have you ever had that dog that was just your best friend I would come home and tell her about my day, tell her my heartbreaks and triumphs. We built snow forts till 2 a.m. every winter break, and there was the time she stole the Thanksgiving turkey. So many amazing memories. Fast forward to about a year after high school, Aja is diagnosed with that rare bone cancer that Bernese dogs get. She's too big for a kennel at the vet, so they just let her be in the center of the room on the floor, and the vet office was so kind to let us just lay down with her. She had been in this ICU state for about two weeks, and they told us the cancer was gone. And if they could just get her to eat, they think they could save her. I had recently become a regular on a Reiki night at one of the local metaphysical shops and remember seeing a card for a pet psychic, what we now call animal communicators. I told her my story and sent her a check and a picture, so excited to find a way that this was going to be the thing that saved my best friend. Unfortunately, my appointment was for a Thursday, and Aja passed away on a Wednesday. Sometime after that, I recall having a dream. I don't remember much of it, but I remember seeing Aja in my backyard. She was in a shady spot, but she was glowing like the sun, and I just felt so much love between us. When I woke up, I just cried. It was so simple, but it felt so real. It has been 28 years since I had this experience, but I can picture it like it was today. Okay, that's the hallmark of a dream visit. People -hmm. people often ask me, how do you tell a dream from an actual soul travel? That's how you tell 28 years later. And she remembers this dream like it happened yesterday. That's amazing. And that is that bond between you and this beautiful dog. And I hope I'm saying her name, right? A J A. Would you say Aja? Potentially. Okay. I hope I'm saying, I hope I'm not mispronouncing this beautiful dog's name. But what a gift that she was able to come to you and show you that she was glowing like the sun and help pass on and share that love between
1: the two of you. And a lot of times when I'm doing mediumship reading and a dog will come through because I love, you know, spirit's going to use whatever your experiences, memories, ex- expect, you know, they, that's what they'll work with what you have. And I love dogs. So I get dogs in spirit. And I think they all have individual individual little soul lights and get to go to but they'll show a childhood dog and often that's the case it's the dog that they had the soul connection with that there's that bond and yeah maybe they contract with us too of, you know i'll see you the next time around or i'm a huge huge believer that many many of us have had dogs that have had that have gotten us through incredibly difficult times in our lives or incredibly joyous times in our lives it reminds
0: me of that there's a pretty well-known i think it's from the new yorker cartoon and it's saint peter standing in front of the pearly gates and there's this dog jumping all around and this old man is walking through the clouds and saint peter says oh you're the tom he's been going on and on about all these years (laughs) (laughs) i love that idea that they're waiting for us yes I think we have time for one more.
1: Okay, let's see. I've done some education and practice for the last year and I'm a Reiki 2 graduate. I have done some mediumship, oracle card pulling, intuitive crystal recommendations and Reiki from my close friends. My questions are how do I hone my skills with reputable individuals and how to get the word out and eventually turn this into a business. I currently work in hospice, which I love. But I feel like I'm being pulled towards the metaphysical, and that's where my heart is. Thank you so much for this wonderful platform and for any feedback that you have. I think reputable people are who resonates with you. Some people love to go to the high-end names and they feel more confident. Or I'm a big believer, explore people in your local area or read some books, get online, read reviews, word of mouth. Everything in this industry is word of mouth. And if you're hoping to turn this into the A business it's a matter of putting yourself out there and starting to do it both samantha and i have shared that we started with reading for close friends and then friends of friends and then worked in metaphysical stores and then expanded so it goes back to what we said a few minutes ago about making that commitment to seeing this as it's a business as well as a a being of service it's incredibly important about being of service with this work
0: well, that's why your, your website is The Grateful Messenger, because you always maintain that attitude of gratitude for your work, which I love. Thank you. I think also it's important to ask for signs when you're looking for your mentors and teachers as well. When I was told by someone I needed to look into Reiki, and I didn't even know what Reiki was, I started Googling it in my area and you know a bigger city up the road. And, and I found someone who was highly regarded about two hours away and i don't know why i just didn't get a really good feeling and i was like oh and so i was just driving through town and i saw this little metaphysical store i'd never seen before and i was like oh let me pull in and see what that's about and i walked in and i really liked the woman behind the register who i later found out was the owner and she helped me find a book i really wanted and we talked about crystals and i go up to pay and there's a sign by the cast register Reiki one class this Saturday. And I was like, oh my gosh, who's, who's teaching that? And she said, me, I am. And I was like, "Oh, you were, you are my new Reiki teacher. And I signed up and um, gosh, Annie just was a life-changing person for me on my spiritual path. When I went to take my Reiki two class, I really, it was very, very expensive for me. And I was like, oh, can I really spend this money? And I said to my guides, if I'm supposed to take this class, please have the money magically appear. And it did. It magically appeared. I've heard other people who have told me similar stories like, oh, I really wanted to take your class, Samantha, but it was just out of my budget. I asked for a sign and I got an escrow check back that I wasn't expecting, or I got a bigger tax return back. You know, These amazing things happen. So I would recommend that you ask for signs, trust your intuition, and everything Denise said about starting out with this business is true. I did free readings for a year locally because I needed the practice and I didn't want the pressure of the business aspect on it, and that's re- that really helped me because I didn't have that, you know, I knew they didn't have a huge expectation because they weren't paying me. And so the readings were more free flowing and then they told friends and their friends told friends. And so I think if you if you come at it from that attitude of being a true person of service and a true student and you're honest with people like, hey, I'm just just trying, I'm just learning, I'm doing this for free, they'll respect that. They'll see who you are. And if they enjoy it, they will recommend you.
1: Great. Very well said.
0: Well, thank you guys so much for these fabulous questions and stories. We've really enjoyed hearing from you. We hope you have a beautiful week filled with your own miracles and magic and special signs from your spiritual team on the other side. Please remember, as always, to show up, do great work, and share your light. Take care.
1: Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time.